I got to think too, you guys have probably got to be the only nonprofit in the world who has a Twitch account. Do you guys still have that up and going? Uh, we do. There's, there's a bunch of them out there. Lots of, lots of places are figuring out, you know, if, if you look right now, video games are bigger than the movie and the music industry combined in, in annual revenue. So the video really? game industry is, is bigger than movies and music. Oh, it's booming then. Gaming in the hospital. Travis Erickson from Child's Play Charity shows us how they help children in the hospital by using video games to make situations a little less stressful. So, let's do it. Too many days in the darkness Without a glimpse of the light Running tired and broken and scared But I swear I'll never give up the fight I see you broken and beat Head pulled down over your eyes Every part of you wants to surrender Darling, you were meant to survive With Travis, so nice to have you guys on. I am a huge gamer. And knowing that there's a nonprofit that specializes in video games, I mean... I just had to have you guys on. So if if you wouldn't mind giving us a, a little backstory on you guys and really what your your focus is to just to give people a, a better idea of your goals. Yeah, thanks so much. Child's Play is really honored to be to be featured on the podcast and shared out with uh, with your audience as well. So um, to give to give the background, Child's Play was founded in 2003. So we're coming up on the end of year 19, making plans for our 20th birthday uh, going into next year. But um, Child's Play was founded by Mike Perhulik and Jerry Holkins of Penny Arcade. And if you don't know Penny Arcade, it's, it's a, a video game culture website. So they do comics, they talk about what's going on in the video game industry. And back in 2003, um, games, when they were in the news, if game companies or gamers were in, it's because games were bad and had no redeeming quality for society. And uh, Mike and Jerry did not think that reflected them or their fans of, of Penny Arcade. And so after a uh, local newspaper here in the Seattle area where we are, where Penny Arcade is based, they, uh, they ran a story about video games where they literally called video games murder simulators and that they're teaching people to murder. Um, Mike and Jerry went, we don't think that reflects us. We don't think that reflects our fans or our community. And so purely out of spite, they invited their fans to send toys in uh, with the plan to make a donation to Seattle Children's Hospital and to give the news a positive story about something gamers did. Yeah, you got to give and, the other side at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And so um, they worked with Amazon. Actually, if you've got a wish list now on Amazon that you send to your mom or your grandma for your birthday, uh, you can thank Child's Play. We were one of the one of the first lists and, and getting that program together and running, but created a wish list for Seattle Children's Hospital. Um, there are cool pictures you can find online now of them making these deliveries. Uh, trucks full. Their garage was so full, they had to go get a storage unit to continue to store games and toys that were sent in. And when they made the delivery, um, the the rec pool at Seattle Children's had been closed for uh, some renovation and cleaning. And so there's this cool picture of them sitting on the edge of the pool with the pool itself full of all these toys that had been donated and got the cool news story, you know, got the, got the, Hey, look at gamers did a good thing news story. But from there, 
looked at it and said, you know, the fans have really spoke. We can't just do this one time. This was a stunt. Yeah. But the community really rose up. Um, and so this has continued on now, 19 going on 20 years. And at this point, Child's Play is in uh, nearly 200 children's hospitals all across the globe. We're in, you know, all across the U.S. We're in England and Ireland. We're in Egypt and Australia and Kenya. Uh, we just added um, a hospital in Mongolia this year. So we're, we're spread all over the globe. And the goal of Child's Play is to get games and technology into the hospitals, but also beyond that to work with the staffs in these hospitals to help understand how games can be used as an intentional part of therapy and and more than just a distraction. That's awesome. So you guys are almost like the Santa Claus year round, bringing video games to everyone, right? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> great. It's a it's a pretty good gig. Yeah, I love how what you you touched on it. You know, showing hospital staff how how video games can be therapeutic, almost and and stress relieving because they they really can. And I feel like what you uh, brought up before of video games starting off as being branded almost by like the media and, and outlets saying that it's like a, what was the word murder murder simulator murder simulator yeah yeah how um you know it's sad that they were kind of branded that at first because right now they're taking on a different realm and it's all about how you use it you know as long as it's in moderation and not in excess um and i'd love to get your thoughts on really just how important gaming is and the mental role it takes in helping children in stressful times and you know how it affects their um their psyche and their cognitive ability and and how it affects them in uh that therapeutic way that you had said yeah so the 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 way that we really got into this was um child's play started doing some hospital visits and what we noticed was the limiting factor by we were doing these visits at the end of 2015 moving into 2016 um, and going forward. And the limiting factor by that point was no longer access to games. You know, when in 2003, when Child's Play started, hospitals were, were scratching together game systems and they weren't very prevalent. Um, but, but 13 years in, we had gotten, we had gotten a lot of systems and a lot of games and a lot of iPads into hospitals. So the, the department that Child's Play supports is the, the Child Life Department. And the real distinction of a children's hospital is, um, is that department. So both, you know, adult and children's hospitals have doctors who diagnose you and the nurses who treat you. Um, but in a children's hospital, the Child Life Department is the, the department that is responsible for helping kids still be kids while they're there, um, along with keeping them on track with school and providing opportunities for play. Child life is also teaching them about what a diagnosis means, what procedures are upcoming, all of those things at an age-appropriate level for a kid, right? That's not what a doctor is trained in doing. A doctor is trained to understand what this cancer is and how to fight yeah, it. That's very true. But the, the child life specialists, they're trained in how to work with kids to teach them age appropriately, what do these things mean? What do the treatments look like? And just help them have a normal life while they're still in the hospital. And so our, our focus is supporting that department and getting them games and technology was a, was a good first step. But what we saw was as soon as that became the non-limiting factor, the next hurdle that we needed to help them over was understanding how to use games. And so one of the first things that we put together was a therapeutic video game guide. And so um, it was a print guide at the time. Now it's online. You can find it at gametherapy.org. But the guide itself was helping break down the key components inside video games to help address different 
symptoms that kids are dealing with inside the hospital. So we break down short and long-term boredom just to help them understand what are good games for waiting rooms and what are good games for the kid who's there for months on end. But we also look at games that can help address pain, games that can help address um, anxiety, or sadness, or cognitive impairments, and understanding how those games can be used intentionally. So the great example of, of a pair of games that people, you know, people already know and love is um, Mario Kart. I was just going to say Mario Kart. It's got to be something Mario Mario. Kart and Yeah, <laughs> Mario Kart and Minecraft are, are it, right? And, and both are great games. Handed to any kid, they're going to love playing them. But um, games that help address pain are games that give you something that, that we like to call cognitive overload. And I'm sure there's a better medical term for it, but, but we're not medical professionals. We're just helping in the space. So Mario Kart's a great example of a game that helps address pain and build that cognitive overload. You're, there's, there's a lot going on. There's fun music. You're dodging stuff. You're picking stuff up. You got to focus on driving and your brain can get distracted and forget about the pain. It doesn't make the pain go away. It's not, you know, a narcotic in that way, but it has that benefit of reducing perceived pain. And, and over time, it can, it can actually last past the time that you're playing it. Um, a game that works on anxiety is kind of exactly the opposite of Mario Kart, right? It needs to be a more chill game, very Santa boxy, open world kind of stuff is great to help reduce anxiety because you don't have that pressure building from the game of, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to get there, I got to get to first place. And, yeah, it's and not a race. Blue shell. Yeah, yeah. It's not, you're probably, you're um, probably on more like story mode almost in that, right? Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. Minecraft creative mode where a kid can just go build and do whatever they want, blow up their castle if they want, fight the zombies if they want. But if they don't want to, just build something neat, run around the world and explore. And so if you have a, a patient who is in the hospital waiting for a procedure and is anxious about this upcoming procedure, if you hand them Mario Kart or you hand them Minecraft, they're going to love it. It's great. Kids are going to love either of those games. But if you think and are a little bit more intentional and you give them that open world Minecraft, you give them that ability to have this game that can reduce that stress load. Where you give them Mario Kart, they're going to have a great time. They're not going to complain and be like, I'm anxious. I don't want to play Mario Kart. But Mario Kart's going to build that stress level unintentionally. And so our game guide was a tool we put together so that the, the child life staff and even parents and you know other caretakers can look at this and go, okay, kids are wanting to play games. Let me think about what games are appropriate to give them based on what they're dealing with at this time. And, and so the guide, along with having those broken down components for those different categories, has examples. And, and since we're not game publishers, we don't have games that we're favoring. We actually work with, um, with NPD, which is a video game research company, and um, worked with uh, mental health professionals at um, UCSD to create a scoring rubric. So NPD looks at every game that comes out and they're scoring them for, or ranking them for lots of things that video game companies go tack them for and say, hey, we want to know more about this demographic. What games do they like? Or what is this game? You know, who, sh who should we market this game to? Or how do we market the key components in my game to this group? That's what their job is, is research in, in the game company, in, in the game space. But for us, they look at these key components on this rubric created by um, the partnership with the UCSD uh, mental health professionals and rank games based how they address those components or those those symptoms that we're looking at. 
and we get a monthly update of, hey, here are new games. Here's what's good right now for the Xbox. Here's what's good for the PlayStation. Um, here's what's good for mobile and iOS games on all these different categories. And so we keep that um, gametherapy.org just updated monthly with that oh, yeah. list as we get it from them. I love the the focus too on um, Mario Kart being a very good generic option too, because it's something too hospital staff and, and parents and siblings can also probably learn super quick. Like there's only a couple of controls. You don't you know have to use every single finger on both your hands and and take you know a whole day in learning it and then still be bad you know i mean you could anybody yeah. can really just jump in in two seconds get that cognitive overload forget about life and the and the stresses um and i'd love to um just for people hearing about the game guide for the first time really go into a a deep dive as to how important that game guide really is and how um, if you're, if you ne don't necessarily work in a hospital or a hospital staff, I mean, if you're a parent with a, a child who's not in the hospital, this could also really, really um, do you well, because I guess it's more it, simply like an entire guide for, you know, parents or hospital staff, people who have dependents that actually just recommends video games that are more therapeutic based off of what you said, you know, the symptoms that the child is experiencing. And whether you're in a hospital or not, children all the time you you know are experiencing stress different anxieties that you might not know and um the very beginning i love the the table of contents uh that you have on the game guy because it's so specific it reads just like a curriculum so it's 12 pages in total and it reads kind of like a quick brochure so for example chapter one is called pain this chapter suggest suggests video games to play that distract players from physical pain, which is what I think you were touching on before, or symptoms of chronic conditions. Then you go to chapter two, it suggests video games that tackle boredom for short-term stays that are designed for waiting rooms, which actually I remember when I was younger being in a dentist office, and this was like the very first dentist office or public office um, that you would go into and they would have video games. So it was a really good, it was an orthodontist, excuse me. Um, so it was really good marketing because they're the only ones with video games that I remember specifically trying to go to the orthodontist to play it. Kind of yeah, like I gotta get there. Yeah, kind of like um, kids wanting to tell their parents go to McDonald's. I want the Happy Meal, you know. Um, so I was good on them. I'm glad that it's it's starting to kind of take off too. And then chapter three tackles the opposite, tackles boredom, but in a long stay scenario with games that provide more substantial entertainment for recurring patient recreation. You know, we're probably like we were chatting about before Minecraft, maybe some story modes that are, you know, longer and people could kind of maybe come back to um, hopefully with a memory card or so. And then chapter four, you guys tackle anxiety and hyperactivity, which what you also chatted before with suggesting video games that relieve discomfort and stress by calming players and promoting more of a peaceful mood less on racing i'm sure and um i'm probably actually gonna look at the games you guys suggest on chapter four for myself on that because <laughs> that's good for everybody man i feel like everybody today needs a little bit of um battling against anxiety and hyperactivity because we're all just trying to move so fast and um that's that's definitely a, a good one and then chapter five sadness you guys tackle sadness by suggesting video games to improve mood and discourage negative thought patterns. And I, I got to assume that this, these are the games given out during the harder, difficult stages of, of, you know, being in the hospital, I'm sure. Chapter six, the last one you suggest, um, or you try to tackle cognitive impairment 
meaning offering video games that offer low impact entertainment for medicated or cogn cognitively inhibited patients. Uh, my question out of those six chapters, have you found one chapter that is the most common that you know children fall into the most that those are the games that tend to um, have children gravitate towards the most I would I if I were a gambling man if this was Vegas I would say chapter four with the anxiety and hyperactivity but um, get, get your thoughts it is I'm, honestly inside the hospital zone they're they're using all six of these um, and and potentially using you know multiples with with a with a child during their stay um, but yeah the one that a lot of people connect with is is that anxiety level one when we are at game conventions and we have you know kind of big posters of these that we put up that anxiety one is the one that catches lots of people's eyes and it's it's that conversation that is super easy with anybody who's played a game to talk about how games can change the way that you're feeling yeah don't play a game if you're not if you don't identify yourself as a gamer which most people are, even though they don't, because most people have something on their phone that they play. They've got their farm bill. They're doing Wordle. If you play Wordle, you're a gamer. Wordle's a game. That's what it is. <laughs> yep. Sure, it's on your phone. It's in a browser. Like, I didn't download a thing. I'm not using a controller. But Wordle is a game. And so you're a gamer. Surprise. Hey, maybe you just learned that on this podcast. But um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people who are not gamers don't make that connection about oh well here's what i'm doing but when you think about you know playing wordle you know how you know how it can just throw your emotions around when you've got that you get the first four you know the last four letters of a word on your third guess and it takes you you know three more guesses to get whatever the first letter is and you're like it's the oh man i'm super frustrated oh no that's yeah. not it and then you get that last word and you get that feeling of like yeah i got it there it is yeah i got it. it's like the equivalent Damn. of uh me hitting the that's... short the shortcut on koopa trooper beach and mario kart you know yeah, it's like exactly. yes got and, it <laughs> and and you can ride that emotional wave with with wordle and if you get wordle on that second word that second guess you get to walk around the rest of the day being like man i got wordle twice like boom guess number two um and so this helps connect this, this idea with people that games can really affect the way that you're feeling and change your mood. And so when you think about a kid who's in a hospital who really when they're there, there's not a lot of control available to that child. You know, a kid at home has the opportunity to go pick and choose what they're doing, maybe go out with friends, do a sport after school, pick what's, you know, what maybe what they're having for dinner that night, you know, mom, can we do this? Can we have that instead? Inside a hospital, a lot of control, almost all control is taken away from a kid. Um, the doctors are coming in saying, we got to do this. Nurses are saying, it's time to poke you for that. Even the child life specialists who are there giving you opportunities for play and trying to help make life normal are telling you, hey, we're doing this. This is the time we could do this right now. And games give them that ability to have some control over what's going on in their life Pick something that's going to help them feel better. Have um, have the child life specialist come in, and and part of the the thing that we really feel strongly about this guide is it's it's all encompassing in the games that are that are listed, right? It's all the systems, it's all the different all the different um, like age levels looking at this because we think it's important for every kid. But being able to offer kids opportunities for hey, here's some games. I know you're feeling down right now, but here's some games. 
Like these are just fun. They're going to help address some of this sadness. So we feel, we feel really strongly about this guide being a, a great tool, not just in the hospital, but um, for people to use at home in their everyday life. And if you're, you know, if you're a parent listening, who's not a gamer and you don't get why your kids play games, looking through this guide can help that. And one of the things that I always encourage is ask your kid, I see you're playing, I see you play Roblox all the time. Why do you do that? Why are you playing Roblox? And it's probably because their friends are on Roblox and it's a chance for them to socialize, uh, which yes. is, uh, you know. Yeah, socialize and connect. Because a lot of times I feel like parents or the hospital staff might walk in and just see this kid looking isolated because they're by themselves, maybe the headphones in and they're just so hyper-focused. But like that is their social time. That is their yeah. connection time. And it may not, it may look like the opposite, like they're super isolated, but they are probably so hyper-focused and connected and engaged in a way that they probably have not been in, in quite some time, especially what you're to get back into what you're saying about the control factor, where you, if you're in the hospital, you don't decide what you eat, where you eat, how you eat. Um, lights go out at a certain time. I mean, it's, it's very a structured day all day for you. And then when you do have that video game, you have the opportunity to actually have some autonomy, which is probably, which everyone I feel like naturally gravitates the most is, freedom and the most autonomy. So when they have that, it's got to be such a really, really good feeling um, that they can have that. They just, they just yeah. don't have Yeah. And we get, we don't get a lot of pushback. The child life department, they, they love us. We're great. We send them free stuff all the time, right? Who doesn't <laughs> yeah. love that? But um, you know, we get a little bit of pushback every now and then from them sort of like, Hey, kids are, are kids playing games too much. I don't know about kids playing games or I'm not a gamer. I don't know that I can engage with a kid that way. And so we always work really hard to remind them a couple key things about games. And one is um, sometimes that's the only way the kid can stay connected. Even if the game's not online, if I'm playing Minecraft and I used to, you know, when I'm home, I'm playing Minecraft online with my friends, but in the hospital, I'm not able to play online. I at least can play Minecraft and feel like I've still got a little bit of normalcy and like, hey, I'm doing this. And, and I can later talk to my friend about the cool thing I did in Minecraft when we get together again. So there's that social connection. And if they're online with their friends, that's even better, right? You and I play in Minecraft together. Oh, well, yeah. Here we go. We just get to talk about what's going on in life and we get to do that all the time. Um, but if, if we don't get to, even the next time you and I get together, I'm like, man, I was playing Minecraft and I built this amazing castle. You should have seen it, dude. It was huge. Walk through here, pit traps, da, da, da. Like, that yeah. that still lets them have that connection but also when you bring in you know games like like fifa or you know madden or nba 2k's any of those games where a kid who loves soccer but can't leave the hospital to go play soccer they could be in there completely focused on this game and you might be thinking like man this kid's doing nothing they're just staring at the screen but to them they're on that pitch they're kicking that ball they're playing that game that they love and it helps them have that connection still with what's going on outside. And then to the side, when they say like, we're not gamers, I don't know that I can use this. Like I sort of see the, the use of these tools, but I don't know, like, I don't, I, I don't play games. We always remind them, sit down and play that game next to the kid anyways, give them the chance to teach you how to play. You've been, you've been taking care of them. You're there to take care of them. Everybody's taking care of them. Let them have this moment to take care of you. We, you know, we, we remind parents too. let this kid sit down and teach you how to play, be the hero, protect you from the skeleton shooting stuff at you, get in the way of, you know, the bad guys and have that level of like, boom, I'm doing this, I'm helping you. And then when things turn around and you've got to take them in for the blood draw, 
which is scary and not great. You get to go, hey, you helped me. You were you were my protector. I got you. I'm bringing you here. I'm going to be your protector. So there's there's that level that games can bring that that is hard to reach otherwise. So yeah. Um, no, we, you're right. You're right with we that. We think they're super important. Yeah, yeah. You're right with that too. And whenever I've played video games around, um, you know, the a, a generation who didn't grow up with video games, like maybe we did. There's always like this little smile and smirk watching it happen because I feel like it's their, their maybe their first time like actually watching it and just enjoying like and also being sucked into it too. So, I mean, if you aren't a video gamer or have never played and you're watching somebody else play it, don't be afraid to to jump in, chime in. It's, it doesn't take that long to to learn, man, because it's uh, it's it's all fun stuff. Yeah, and gamers love to teach other people about the games they love to play. So, yeah, um, yeah, so... This the guide has been a huge tool. We get a lot of a lot of thank yous from the hospital on it. And um, again, I encourage people to go check out it's gametherapy.org, a chance to flip around on it. And then on the Child's Play website, you can find a, a downloadable PDF version. So it's you know a snapshot photo because we can't keep the PDF updated every single month. But um, the online version's got an updated list of games every and month. Do do hospitals are are kids allowed to play online at hospitals? You know, that really varies on the facility. Um, a lot of places have restrictions on their internet access. And it's, you know, lots of different hospital red tape reasons that come up. Yeah. Some of them pretty pretty legit, not wanting their records hacked and, and medical records getting released and things like that. And some of them less so on, you know, at least legit in, in maybe my eyes, I'm sure budget is a, a pretty solid, legit reason in a hospital, but opening up bandwidth concerns of like, well, if we got to open up more bandwidth, that's going to cost us more money. Um, but we've seen some hospitals that have connected Xboxes in, in every room. So kids are ready to play. Um, one of the things we haven't even talked about is some uh, game techs that Child's Play have been funding. And I'll, I'll spit some more detail on that in a second. But um, one of our game techs is building a program where actually kids who have been released from the hospital can go online and play games with kids who are still in the hospital. So that like, I've dealt with that same treatment. You've dealt with that same treatment. We can play Minecraft together oh, and, cool. kick it and have a good time. Um, but yeah, one of the, we're in a, we're in a weird situation coming out of COVID here that um, we saw had to go online to connect now, you know, travel stopped. Um, and so we're really, hoping one of the silver linings coming out of COVID is that those people in the decision-making places think more about the importance of when they were connecting with their friends and family virtually um, and, and making that a priority inside the hospital so that kids who, who are there have the ability to connect virtually and get online and play with, play with their friends, play with their family who, who still might be under restrictional visit rules so that you know, maybe siblings can't come in. But we can hop online and, you know, you can play with your brother and, and get that game in. Yeah, it's good because a lot of hospitals I know are still kind of, I mean, there's some on just such different levels than others right now after COVID where some still have like a lot of restrictions. Plus, it depends, I'm sure, on like the unit or, or what's going on and how contagious things are. They yeah. may have extra um, barriers set up there, too. But, you know, if, if I was a... Uh, if I was a child in the hospital or now, if I could play an aunt like Call of Duty online or something, oh my gosh, that'd be that would make my my whole experience there. Yeah, we're we're hoping to see a bigger push toward getting everything online and connected. And and even if it's not every single room, we're starting to see more, you know, playrooms 
where there's the designated, this is our online Xbox. You can log into your account. This is our online PlayStation. Log in, get your friends list loaded up, connect with your buddies, play your Madden, okay, log out when you're done. You know, that's that's one of the big concerns is, hey, what happens when you when you log in and you leave your PlayStation logged in with your account and I come in later and I hop on and there's yeah. all your games and all your friends and I'm interacting with them. Um, so there's valid concerns inside the hospital level, but one of the things that we try to do is teach them about, hey, this is these are the correct procedures. You got to get those, you know, those those procedures in place for how do you handle this? And that's one of them is make sure people log out. Same kind of thing with your, you know, your Netflix in the hotel room, right? You want to yep. make sure you log out of Netflix before you check into your room. And a lot of hotels have it in place where they just sort of reboot that TV and it it forgets anything that was there, so you're not using the previous person's Netflix. So coming up with with those those things that hospitals need to think about that are new in yeah, in yeah. their process that they're not thinking about normal is is one of the things that we really try to be a resource for them so that when they reach out to us and say we're thinking about this but that's really scary and here's the things that scare us we can go totally understand valid fears here are hospitals who are doing those things and here's how they've overcome those fears so how can how can people get involved with you guys or kind of stay updated, maybe make a donation? Um, can people send you guys video games? Um, yeah. So our website is childsplaycharity.org. Uh, you can reach out there. You can also find on the about us, our, you know, contact page. If you want to shoot me an email with even more questions, happy to, happy to chat and answer them. Um, and yeah, we have the ability to get um, in-kind donations as well. We do, uh, lots of people offer us use systems as they get their PS5 and they're like, we got an old PS4. Um, those, we tend to point people to places like eBay for charity where they can designate the funds to go to Child's Play just because infection control at hospitals really a big concern and so it's they don't intense, want, yeah they don't want your used xbox even though you're probably a perfectly fine and clean person who's you know got a good xbox they're they're a lot more anxious understandably about it so we you know point people there for for used things but um we have we have an amazon wish list you can find on our site you can find amazon wish list to all of our partner hospitals um, and find items that they actually want and send them straight to the hospital so they get the stuff um so yeah, lots of different ways to get involved. Definitely, you know, check out the website, make a donation if you're so inclined. That's what that's what keeps us going is is people looking at the work that we're doing and seeing it as important and and really putting the value with their with their dollars behind it. No, that's 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 awesome. And, and thanks for sharing that. I um I I gotta think too, you guys have probably got to be the only nonprofit in the world who has a Twitch account. Do you guys still have that up and going? Uh, we do. There's, there's a bunch of them out there. Lots of, lots of places are figuring out, you know, if, if you look right now, video games are bigger than the movie and the music industry combined in, in annual revenue. So the video really? game industry is, is bigger than movies and music. Oh, it's booming then. And, and so everybody is, everybody's trying to figure out how do they get their, how do they get their fingers in on those gamer dollars? But one of the things that we, you know, I don't like to knock any other nonprofit. Everybody's doing great things. But when you, if you are a gamer at heart and you're looking for a charity that reflects the gamer values, this is what Child's Play does. We are gamers who are working to, to evangelize games inside the hospital space, teach people how to use them in the same way that you probably use them at home yourself with, yeah. with affecting your mood and helping you feel better and stay connected with friends. Um, and so you'll find, you'll find lots of gaming charities or lots of charities now on a place like Twitch. Um, but you know, they're, 
they're raising funds for good things. Uh, you know, bringing water to people who need water and stuff like that. But they're not bringing games to kids in hospitals. Yeah. So that's always our pitch. We are born born from the spite of video games <laughs> and video gamers and uh, and and empowering kids with the power of play. No, I I thought that was so funny. When I was like, that just makes sense. I was like, Twitch account. They that's what the you know what I'm saying. I was like, I love that. <laughs> yeah, we had a good a good run on Twitch as we were not doing gaming conventions. Now that we're back to gaming conventions, it's a it's a better way for us to connect with yeah. people. But we still we still do put some stuff up on Twitch every now and then, and um, and you know our YouTube channels got stuff up there as well talking about what we did. Um, so. Yeah, it's 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 really a way for us to share the impact that games have inside the hospital and and the impact that donors donors to child's play have on the life of a kid who's sitting in a hospital, um, potentially kind of you know bored and feeling sad. Make that PlayStation appear. Here you go. Yeah, that no, feels that's great. That's that's awesome stuff. It's it's good to hear you guys are doing that. I'm sure Christmas time is uh you know get, gets a little busy for you guys, which is a good thing, and. Hopefully we'll uh, link up down the road again. Uh, thanks, thanks yeah. so much, Travis, for for coming on and, and sharing this because you guys are so unique in this. And I'm finally able to link up nonprofit and gamers and make it all relatable. So I'm 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 so happy uh, to have this. So I appreciate appreciate all you do, Travis. And um, we'll uh, I'm I'm sure we'll we'll see you down the road. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks so much for for introducing us to your audience and sharing what we do. It's it's through this word of mouth that has kept us going for 19 going on 20 years. Yes. Yes, definitely. And we'll we'll stay in touch. Sounds good. Thanks so much, man. Thank you, Travis. Yeah,